Good, let's pray. And just a moment for us to be quiet before the Lord. Been rushing perhaps from a lunch appointment or travelling back. Maybe for some of us that uh, Monday morning pit in the stomach is beginning to manifest itself. (laughs) And Father, amid all that is going on around us in your world, in your nation, in this city, in this area, Lord, in your church, for all that's going on in our lives, we, we discipline ourselves now to just put to one side all other cares and worries and distractions. We seek to focus on you. And Lord, we pray you would train and equip and inspire us to enable and release prayer amongst our number that as we enable people to connect with you to encounter you to be filled by you to be healed restored by you transformed by your spirit that through this ministry we'd make a difference in families and homes in marriages at the school gate, at the coffee machine, at our desk, on the phone, wherever you call us to be. So Father, equip us now to that end. For Jesus' sake. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for for coming. Um, What I'm going to do, or aim to do, and I really need to be finished sort of for... Uh, at the latest, so I'm going to rattle through here, is, is literally just to sort of race through these notes, and they're quite comprehensive, so that, I mean, feel free to scribble on them, or if you take, I don't know what you do these days, take a picture of them and have them, add notes to them or whatever, but um, these are yours for reference, and I, because they're quite comprehensive, I hope they're fairly self-explanatory um, as we look at the practical elements of... Um, of enabling prayer, although I will start off but just by really recapping what Emmy last week uh, was talking about in terms of a kind of a, a theory and a theology. If you missed Emmy last week, you weren't here, it was two weeks ago actually, then it's on the website, I think it's on our media bit of the website, yep, great, oh good, in the talk section of the, uh, the media section of the website, so you can download that and uh, hear that. So I've just on this first page, what is enabling prayer, I've put uh, some headings that correspond to her talk. Then I want to go through um, just really practical. What does it look like as we offer enabling prayer? And what I'd like to do is to, to model it. So I'm going to ask, uh, let me give you a heads up now. I, I'd, I'd love to pray with one of you, to enable you to pray. Okay, and we'll sort of do this. So it's a little bit, a little bit artificial because we'll all be sort of watching as it were, whereas typically in a service or something, that wouldn't be the case. But if you would like, um, some prayer, then there's going to be an opportunity for you to receive some prayer in that kind of workshoppy sense. And what I'd love to do then is really for us to finish by praying for one another. So we'll, we'll, it's practical in that sense. Okay, so that's the sort of route map as to where we're going. What is enabling prayer? It is simply helping someone to encounter God through prayer. One person or possibly a small group praying with another person about a specific need or issue in their life. It's done in the person's presence ideally, with an expectation that they will encounter God 
and an expectation that he will minister to the person's needs. So it's quite interesting, just to pause there, uh, as a little flow, sometimes when you get people who are coming in and they, they hear an invitation for prayer, you get a, quite an indication as to where they are in their understanding of a relationship with the Lord, because they say, oh yeah, I'd love you to pray about so-and-so, and they tell you what it is, and then they walk off. <laughs> so they leave you to kind of, you know, I don't know whether it's just as part of your sort of daily habit, you'll pray when you remember, but there's no sort of sense that we might together come together to encounter God and, um, and allow him to pray and meet us uh, there and then. So that's what marks this, what we're calling enabling prayer, over and above um, chance conversation in the street. Oh, that sounds awful. I, I hear that. Let me, I'll, pray, I'll keep you in my prayers. And sort of ongoing chat with the Lord. This is time when we pause and deliberately sort of allow ourselves together to come into God's presence in the expectation that we will meet with God. And that's why typically it's off the back of as we'll have later on, uh, an act of worship. We've fed on God's word. For about an hour, we've been you know, consciously engaged with God. Hopefully, there's almost a sort of natural response bubbling up. I, I want to spend time to encounter and engage with this God myself. There's a particular need, a particular thing that I'd love to bring to him. It's done out of compassion for others and with a desire to see the body of Christ built up. It's offered because of the Father's great love for each of us It's mediated through the Son and brought about by the work of the Holy Spirit. It's thoroughly high, thoroughly Trinitarian in its model in that sense. And this is really what um, uh, Emmy was going through last week. I just want to kind of, let's let's state it categorically, let's have it on paper, I'd love to have it on record. Um, The core values of enabling prayer. There's the mission, the means, the motive, the measure, and the model, wonderfully alliterative on a Sunday afternoon. So the mission, it's in obedience to God's loving purposes and redemptive plan. And it's in recognition that as part of God's plan for humanity, this God who made the world, I know, I know you know this, but it's worth just rehearsing, who, who made the world out of his love in perfection. Not in perfection, in perfection. It was perfect. This is very good. And, and to see how sin has warped and marred and broken that which God has made, and so enabling prayer is, is one of those ways in which we, we look through God's resources to restore and redeem uh, what he has made according to all the way along his covenant loving purposes. So it's in recognition that in Jesus the kingdom of God is breaking into this present age. Um, Jesus, you know, when he announced the kingdom, he said the kingdom of God is here. And as we were rehearsing those of you this morning, you'll hear it this evening, you know, he... he so you've heard it said, but I say, the word made flesh, John says. So God's, uh, everything that is God, his, his character, his personality, his teaching, his words, embodied in Jesus. And Jesus says, the kingdom of God is here. So God's kingdom is not a sort of out there. Well, in one sense it is an out there. <laughs> there is a transcendence to the kingdom of God, but there is an imminence to the kingdom of God. We can know and live in and experience and touch and feel and rejoice in the kingdom through Jesus. So the the kingdom has begun, has broken in. And Jesus commissioned his followers, the 12 disciples and the 70, 72, uh, and all Christians, the great command there, Matthew 28, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, do what I've been doing, Uh, carry on this ministry. Let's just pause there. And um, the A5 sheet that is... Recovering core biblical truth. 
I've, I've kind of taught this on a, on a slightly different um, course, if you like. But, uh, and so these are just the headings. And again, I'm going to whip through these. But hopefully, in some way, shape or form, they resonate with the familiar. But please, I should have said, do just ask any questions uh, as we go along. If anything's not clear. Here, here are these six core truths. So as we talk about the kingdom breaking in, as we talk about living in the kingdom, these, these kind of core truths we expect and anticipate to be bubbling around all that we're doing, not least when we enable others to pray. It's a recognition, number one, that we live in two realms at the same time that consistently influence each other. So the, the, the italics are a kind of summation. We live in one world, two realms. That is to say, there's a physical world, a physical reality. That table, I'm on this floor, there's a physical reality that we can see, touch, smell, uh, hear, that they, our senses are. So we're, we're constantly aware of that physical world. My, my body. It's, just, it's very physical, very obvious to all the senses. But at the same time, even as I speak, there is another realm, no less real, but just invisible to uh, and, and harder to perceive with our five senses, if you like, the spiritual realm. Let me give you an example of these last few weeks, beautiful sunny London. You walk out in the middle of the day without sun cream on and you will be impacted by an invisible realm, the ultraviolet rays of the sun. And we will take protection if we're sensible. We will cover ourselves with cream to protect ourselves from something that is real but unseen. You can't actually see the rays, but if you stand out in the sun for long enough, you'll feel them. They'll harm you unless you take protective measures. So too in the spirit realm. Lots of nodding, so familiar. One world, two realms. So as we go into church, we will sit on a chair, we'll meet people, we'll hear music, we'll do lots of this realm stuff. Uh, and the, the trick in enabling prayer, I think, is just to allow our, our spiritual antennae to be as open to the other realm, to, to what God and the angels and archangels and all the company of heaven are singing and, uh, and praising and declaring about as we meet in that physical place there. So we're one world to... By the way, not just for a funny church with a pointy roof, as you're at your desk or you're phoning a client. Let the, ring, let the phone ring for one more ring. Lord, what are you saying here? What's, this, what's going to shape this conversation? What strongholds are behind it? What's, what's influencing this? Hello. <laughs> uh, it will transform your business and your day. One world, two realms. Uh, we've been born again into a glorious inheritance in Christ. So our true identity is in Christ. Irrespective of how well you were parented or how talented you are, what A-stars you got and all the stuff, again, in this world, it doesn't define you, ultimately. It shapes you, but it doesn't define you. You are ultimately defined by what your Father thinks, your Heavenly Father thinks of you through Jesus in the Spirit. And he read the Scriptures, which, by the way, let me just say, is the one of these other sheets, I'm not going to go through it, but the, the identity in Christ. All of those Scriptures speak to who you are in Christ, who I am in Christ. So again, that's just for bedtime reading, or take one of them that you're not familiar with and learn it. Uh, get it in head, heart, spirit, life. Uh, core truth three, the reality of, it's a little Greek word, topos, it appears in that Ephesians text. It means, a, 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 translated as a foothold or a, uh, a, a sort of landing place is literally what it means. Uh, and the presence of strongholds in our lives. The reality of the spiritual battle. Ephesians, the letter of Ephesians in particular, 
is just very strong on the fact that in the one world, two realms, uh, there is opposition to the things of Christ. And so as we look to step up for Christ or step out for Christ, as we engage people, as they encounter God in prayer, we should anticipate at some stage in some way some opposition to that. The enemy does not want the kingdom to grow and advance. So to be aware of a battle. The gift of repentance releases Christ renewing life in us. I'll say a bit more about the five R's in a minute. Every believer can hear the Lord's voice. Every believer can hear the Lord's voice. It's, it is dependent on how much you're prepared to believe that and to step out in faith and to practice it. My sheep hear my voice and I call them and they follow me. Jesus says, John 10, my sheep hear my voice. He, that's just a statement of fact from Jesus. Uh, and so as God is constantly speaking, through actually the, through also through the natural realm, through the spiritual realm as well, we can tune into him. Um, uh, again, if I had, I'd often bring in a little transistor radio. Uh, you've got no idea that, that Capital Radio and Classic FM are in this room now because we're not tuned into them. But if I had a little thing and I just press and the little resistor tunes into the radio waves that are invisible but real, we, we can get Test Match Special or Fab at Home, whatever it is. And we immediately we become aware. And the same thing with us. With the, the, a core truth here is that we tune into God. And the more we practice tuning into God, the more we hear his radio waves. Uh, finally, embracing these truths sets us free to live powerfully authentic Christian lives, the church on assignment. That verse in Matthew, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Gates, you may have heard me say this before, they're not offensive weapons. Gates are defensive. You, you shut the gates because something is coming in. You just hunker down behind the gates. I will build my church and the gates of hell. We often think, oh, hell's on the loose and us church ought to sort of hunker down. It's the other way around. It's not what Jesus said. I will build my church and the gates of hell, what? They won't prevail. It is only a matter of time before hell is defeated. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's the reality when Christians stand up in their true identity. That's the reality when we live as God calls us to live. And enabling prayer is simply you and I coming alongside others to release them into that reality. From where, whatever their starting point is to wherever God wants to take them. Sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> so that's the mission. The means. Back on Big Sheet is in the power of the Spirit, being tuned in to the, the realm of the Spirit. The motive is out of love. And actually linked with the model, Jesus Christ, who didn't come to be served, although if any human being deserved to be served, it was Jesus. He didn't come to be served, but to serve and to lay down his life for, uh, for others. John 13 Jesus, so secure, knowing, I think it's in verse 3, he says, knowing where he'd come from, that the, the chest of the Father, he at the Father's side, John says, knowing where he was going, through the cross, yes, to glory, to glory. So how secure, so you're coming from heaven and to heaven, via a Father who says, this is my Son whom I love, who, with whom I'm well pleased, who will raise him from the dead, who will send him into heaven, how secure? What do you do out of that security? Bill Johnson was brilliant on this at Focus. 
you serve. From significance, the, the natural response of genuinely appreciated significance is you serve. Jesus took off his outer garment, put on a, rope, a, a towel and washed his disciples' feet. So the motive is, it's not actually to sort of just secretly see on a five o'clock, let's say, when it's quite full and we just sat at the front, yeah, I'm part of the prayer enabling team. Uh, anyone? Yeah. You just, yeah. Uh, just wait on the law way. Yeah. We'll, we'll model it a little bit later how perhaps we might do it a bit better than that. So it's not about us. It's not sort of just impressing individuals just how incredibly prophetic we are or what flowery prayer language we have or... Uh, how sort of cool we might look amid a pan bedlam or whatever, sort of somehow sort of spiritual. It's kind of pride, and it's not about us. It really isn't about us. Um, the measure, uh, in line with Scripture, all Scripture, God breathes. So it's really important that we kind of take these things, the the the, the biblical base, I cans in Christ, the identity in Christ. You read through those, let as many of those soak and permeate your spirit, so you know. And you can, you can call at a moment, you can, you can declare truth over the people that you're praying with. Pause. Any questions? Comments? Happy? All good? Well, let's speak long. Practical advice. Uh, preparation. Be, number one, be pre-prayed. It's so corny, isn't it? Sort of dad jokes coming out, left, right and centre here. Um, before the service, here's my little, um, it is a little bit of a bugbear of mine, that uh, as we prepare to worship the one true living God, we're prone, I'm just talking generically, to sort of saunter in 15 minutes late, clutching our Starbucks, which was, it was really important to get the Starbucks before the service and that's why we're late and that's fine really uh, and then we come and sort of saunter in and I, you know, I'll worship when I'm ready and I think my goodness have I read the Levitical uh, laws chapter after chapter about in Deuteronomy about how the people of Israel were to prepare themselves to encounter God you just how precise the temple and all the religious and liturgical garments had to be how everything had to be set just right because this is God so uh, uh, this is actually generally we have as you know those of you who have been on team that we pray at 4.30 that's one of the reasons why I want to uh, need to get away um, uh, that's an open meeting you're all welcome to come and pray at 4.30 and guess what everyone who's there at 4.30 um, having prayed is by 5 o'clock we're, we're ready to go we, we hate bring it on so that first worship song whoa we, we're in so we can make the most of every single because the guys work really hard on worship set um, it's not just sort of you come in and get sort of extra time you get the whole match so that uh, in that I can be sort of du- I think I've called it dual listening uh, during the talk during the service I'm, I'm listening for myself hey feed it's really important that you feed that you worship that you you encounter yourself but if you are able to be aware of what the spirit might be saying as the preacher is preaching and particularly as he or she is coming into land where what what might the response be? And I'm waiting for whoever's leading. to. I wonder whether we might pray into this. Yeah, that resonates. I've, I've been listening to that too. Because it's the same spirit. So we're probably likely to have agreement. Uh, and so you're ready. If, uh, could the prayer team come up? And then you're ready just to sidle up there. And already you, you're kind of on it. You're not cold, but warmed up. Yeah, that makes sense. So pre-prayer and you're listening. Before praying, and now here I want to get into the sort of practical. So what I'll do is just run through these sort of practical things, and then I'd love to, uh, to attempt to sort of model that 
and then let's uh, have a go ourselves. Again, please chip in. There's a lot of wisdom in the room here uh, and a lot of experience in the room, I can see. So please uh, either ask or chip in with things if I, if I miss stuff. Um, so let's just imagine, um, let me, can I imagine a sort of corporate setting? It could be uh, uh, on a Sunday, but it could be in a life group. It could be, I mean, this, it can be kind of anywhere. You just mess up for a coffee or one-on-one, that enabling prayer at the end. Um, but let's, uh, let's imagine it's a little bit more formal um, uh, off the back of a talk and there's been a kind of call to prayer. Uh, so someone comes up and I think the first thing is to j- just say hi, uh, introduce yourself. That's, you know, don't, don't go all sort of super spiritual and imagine that they've got to discern what your name is in the spirit. You know, you can, <laughs> hi, I'm Tim, uh, if, you, if you don't know who they are. Um, and I think one of the first things is what, what, what brings you here? Why, 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 why have you come here? How can I, how can I help? The posture all the way along is, is how can I help you to encounter God? That's the, it's their encounter. It's not about our performance. Just how can I always just, just help? So what brings you here? How can I help you to pray? Now here, I don't know about you, but my experience is that I'd say nearly as much as 80% of the time, 8 out of 10 people, when they come, it is because the Spirit has ever so gently convicted them. Usually people come up because something that's been said or sung and oh, the Spirit's been at work and that invitation from the front and they, they kind of realise that against the sort of plumb line of God God's plans and purposes for their life they have just over the days or weeks or whatever as we all do just come slightly out of kilter and the spirit has just pointed out that, that gap and, and because it's conviction not condemnation you always you never that's the devil Get just kick it out straight away but it's, when it's, it's usually quite specific quite, do you remember that conversation do you remember how you felt after that phone call do you remember when you did this or didn't do that? It's quite specific. It's how you usually know it. So, and the Spirit's just gently saying, look, do you know what? If you can just repent of that, you will straight back in line. You won't believe the peace you feel that's been eating at your... And that's usually what it is. People may take a little bit of time to get to the point or whatever, but often I find that's what it is. And that's why just this third sheet I've got here, and let's just quickly dive onto this, the, the repentance... Uh, five principles to practice. Uh, this comes out of the Living Free material that's uh, pioneered by Christchurch Fulham, among others, which I found, I found really helpful. Uh, and it's these five points. To recognise, to repent, to receive, to rebuke, to replace. To recognise. I, I think the enabling bit is just to help people to recognise that. So the follow-up question to what, what brings you here? Uh, and they said, well, I just, I was, you know, I haven't, it hasn't been going so well at work and I've had a bit of a thing with it and I feel like I've really messed up in my witness to this guy I sit at a desk with at work and I was just, I'd kind of, really, so what do you want to say to God? I, I want to say sorry, basically. That's, yeah. And that, great, that's, you, you're just, so they, you're just helping them to recognise that actually the, the repentance is not, repentance is not, um, um, What's the, what's the word? Like uh, punishment or purgatory. It's not like, well, I've been a bad boy for three months, so I'm going to have to sort of, you know, whatever, be in detention for three months. Repentance is like that. When you, the, the, it's a gift from God. When we say, Lord, I'm so sorry, boom! Because, you see, we think we have to sort of claw at his forgiveness. But, of course, 
He's already forgiven us. Christ, his final words, it is finished, done. So all the forgiveness is there and we're simply, I'm jumping ahead here, but we simply receive what God has already done. That's why it's so quick. That's why it's so beautiful to repent. That's why it's such a wonderful gift. Oh, I'm so sorry. In, in human relationships, you know, the, I, can, I, can, I can try and sort of, uh, sort of play it out with my kids. My, my kids are no longer kids. They're pretty discerning young adults. So when I've stuffed up, I've, I've learned the easiest things that I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Well, I'm saying, well, the reason why is because, you know, you don't understand what it's like to be a vicar. You know, they won't stuff it. I'm sorry. I stuffed up. And then, that, apart from anything else, it just pulls the rug from under their feet. Because I've said, I've said, I'm really sorry. What more? <laughs> it repairs relationships. And so it does this way too. So if you can, if that's what it is, if that's the issue, that's what brings them there, then if you can get them to recognise and to repent, I, I'm sorry. I, I turn from what I recognise what I've been doing wrong. I turn from that. I receive God's forgiveness. Try it, you know, if you can encourage in, in the whole prayer dynamic and watch it in yourself. Oh Lord, please will you forgive me? That's unhelpful theology. He already has. Thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness. I receive what you have already done. You've already... It just helps me to have the right covenant posture in, in terms of how I stand and who I am in Christ. I'm not... You, please will you forgive me is works if you unpack that. It, am I good enough? Well, please. Oh, okay, I'll get in the queue. All right, yeah, I've got to wait for your forgiveness. Yeah. No. That's... <laughs> that is... And yet, we, if you listen to people praying, it's, oh, Lord, please will you forgive me? He already has. So you encourage people to receive. And actually, that's to, that, encouraging them, again, enabling them to make that declaration. I'm sorry, I repent, and I receive the forgiveness that is already mine in Christ. If you can sort of encourage them to, to, to pray in those ways... To rebuke the enemy and darkness. We have that power and authority in Christ. Uh, Satan is defeated and one day will be destroyed. It's in the Bible. He is defeated. He's still around like a wounded cat and that's why he's dangerous. But one day he will be destroyed. Revelation sort of 16, 17, 18-ish. Somewhere around there. That's his future. If the devil ever tries to point you to your past, point him to his future. And and uh, see where we go from there and replace this is quite key at the bottom here because if, if I've been walking in this direction that is basically uh, away from you know, the plumb line of God and repentance is literally t- to about turn I, may, I decide to about turn then, then don't stay here sort of teaching on this edge walk in the opposite direction walk away from where you were headed walk in the opposite spirit so if I if I'm just feeling myself being a little bit envious of others, then, then Lord, I choose to bless others, particularly those who appear to be more prosperous than me, or better off than me, or in a happier place than me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliberately choose and see what blessing that, and peace and joy, that opens up in me. To, to, to choose to walk in your spirit, Lord. To replace sinful patterns with spirit-filled patterns. So that as a five, uh, hopefully that's fairly, if you can kind of work at remembering that, that's not a bad little, I have that sort of five R template in my head to help people walk um, out of patterns of sin, having been convicted by the Spirit, and into freedom and new life. Helpful? Yeah, Yeah, good. Any comments, questions?
Okay, good, good. Um, yeah. Thank you. Really helpful. I've, these last five, ten minutes, I've been working on the supposition it's, it's a conviction of the spirit that's brought forward, which is, which is my experience. But sometimes there is a specific call for healing, for example, or a particular thing that isn't necessarily to do with uh, conviction of sin. It's maybe the spirit convicts you of a need to pray for, yeah, let's say healing or a particular situation. In which case, I think we just come back to, so what brings you here today? Well, I've, my arm is so back or, or whatever it might be I've got a particular thing in which case let's jump let's jump to uh, thank you leads me nicely in practicalities uh, appearance I think just just check your kind of as far as you can as neat and tidy I don't mean sort of polished shoes and shirt tucked in but um, uh, that you look uh, engaging and welcoming um, I'm conscious if you've had a sort of couple of coffees after lunch and like by the time it gets to five o'clock you know that kind of coffee breath? Um, so I don't know if you've got a sort of like chewing gum, I fool with that, or mints or something like that. But just if we're in close proximity, the last thing is you want, you know, uh, to, it to be awkward in that sense. Uh, practical stuff, practical stuff. Prayer parameters I've put here. This, I, I think it probably helps if you sense, I mean, if, I, if, if Tom comes up and I'm praying for Tom, I kind of know that Tom, Tom kind of knows the deal, so I don't really need to do this. But if it was someone I don't know and I'm not sure, and their body language looks a little bit uncertain, then I think just to help them, to, you're enabling them to relax in God's presence. So you said, hi, I'm Tim. Uh, uh, which I'm just going to, I'd love to pray with you. You've established what it is. Okay, why don't we, why don't you say what you'd like to say to God? Why don't put those in your eyes? And I can kind of, I can, I'm here with you. I can maybe pray with you. I'd love to sort of bless and seal in what God is doing. So I do that. Are you all right if I put a hand on the Bible talks, laying on hands? So just, just explain what you're going to do. I'm going to lay a hand on the shoulder. It's just, the Bible just understands that how, sometimes how God's spirit is mediated. Right, is that okay? And if they look a bit, I, I don't need to, that's fine. Don't, you want them to be as comfortable and at peace uh, as possible. But I think it just helps to say what we're going to do. Well, maybe there'll be some silence. We'll just wait on God. There's no great rush. Does that, does, that, does that sound okay? And you just sort of get some feedback from them. I think what it is, is sometimes we can be prone to get a little bit sort of spiritual. And I just, just you know, be naturally relaxed, chatty, yourself, basically, yourself. Okay? Um, yeah, I just I put offering insights, words, pictures. I'm offering in italics. So it, it may be as we're praying, I get a sense or a picture just as, you know, Pat did as he's leading or we had earlier in the, in the worship. Um, so I might, I might if, if, I, if I have a sense I might offer that uh, and always they can they then own it they can choose what they do with that they don't have to don't force or coerce them into accepting what may or not, may not be from the Lord by you yeah so we offer all of this prayer number three don't be afraid of silence uh, it's an opportunity to listen to God to be reminded of our identity in Christ let's take a moment to be quiet um, and again, all of this is just, it's good for you to, Lord, here's Bob or Jill. Uh, you know them, you made them. I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on. Help me, give me insight, show me how you've made them. What's their original design? Who, who do you long for them to be? How's that been maybe warped or contorted or misshapen in some way? How's the enemy blocking that 
Lord, show us how can, can, how can we release. These are all, this is all in the science. You're, you're maybe engaging with God for this person. Oh, maybe there's something around. It's, it's quite straightforward. Like, a, uh, I'd love prayer for healing. Then let's pray for healing. Lord, Lord God, you are the God who heals. We, we speak, declare healing in Jesus' name on uh, this person. But even then, I think we can be waiting. There may be other things around the... They've, they've come up for healing. And actually, <laughs> there's, something, there's something else too which we might be open to. So be relaxed and alert. Keep your eyes open. Be open to the presence of the Holy Spirit who often sort of, he, he kind of gives clues to that he's there. You can often see it in the, in the expression on a face. There may be sometimes just that, you know, the eyes well up, there's a little tear um, that seems apropos nothing. Nothing you necessarily prayed, you didn't say anything. But just as they're there, there's a tear. And, and maybe that's an indication that there's something being released. There's, uh, it may just be perfectly natural. It's just, you know, I just, I just felt like a cry. That's fine. But in that, in that relaxing, the Lord maybe can speak where I've been so keyed up before. So those are little clues. Um, so let's use them, which is why I think, sometimes I have my eyes, I'm inclined to close my eyes, I'm sort of focusing on God, but it's helpful just to remember, um, have them open. I'm, I'm laughing because back in the day at HDB, I, I was praying, I had my hand, just light, I didn't actually, I wasn't touching on someone, just, just, it was sort of hovering above. And I was sort of praying, my eyes shut, praying, 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 praying. And I was like, yeah, this was in the sort of Toronto type time. And they completely clonked out the spirit. And there I was praying for thin air. And this person was uh, down there. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, that, that could easily have happened too. That could easily have happened too. So, uh, I think it's not unspiritual to pray with your eyes open. Um, by the way, eyes I, I shut, hands together. Yeah, that's how, you, that's how you pray, isn't it? That's a primary school ruse. That's because if you get a whole load of kids and you're going to get them to be quiet in one place, you're going to have guys fidgeting and poking around. So how do you have a whole load, how do you control a whole load of primary school kids? You get them to put their hands together and you get them to shut their eyes so they're not distracted. That's my theory anyway. Um, moving on. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. He brings scriptures to mind particularly the ones we've put in our minds that we've learned, uh, which declare who we are in Christ, bring assurance, encouragement, hope. Uh, he often gives more insight into a situation. It's not necessary. If the person comes and says, I'd like you to pray for this, then, then I think on one level, just as a matter of integrity, we, we take them at face value. But it may be that the Lord, in that moment of encounter, uh, meets with you and the person you're praying with and, and reveals more. As you, if you hear it offer that, they go, Oh, well, yeah, actually. Uh, and so you can, you can kind of pray into what the Lord has revealed. Um, I said not necessarily, but often helpful. It's a bit like, you know, I can get to A to B via a map, uh, an atlas. But if I've got a map and a sat-nav, <laughs> I, I can check one off against the other. And it's just, it's just that much more helpful. The sat-nav can tell me there's traffic on the A40 or whatever it is, where the map can't. And so alternative routes and all that kind of thing. The map's perfectly adequate. I can get there with the map, but the sat-nav can be... That analogy breaks down, of course, because then the sat-nav takes me into the middle of a lake. And you know, uh, uh. The Spirit does not always conceal his work, but sometimes gives evidence of his work, which is always to give glory to God. Um, so, for example, uh, streams welling up like, uh, uh, like, a, like living water uh, from within. This idea of you know, renewal, regeneration uh, in the Spirit will, will touch the emotions. It will, it will, you know, we feel the Spirit. Uh, that, that one realm impacting the other realm 
the, the, the two sort of kiss on a regular occasion. So those are those scriptures there. It's about them and the Lord, not you. You are a prayer enabler. Try not to slip into spiritual expert mode. This is not necessarily the time for advice or counselling. Uh, that's perhaps for another context. You can, uh, at the end of a prayer time, say, you know, it might be quite good to get some professional help with this if you, if you feel that's the right thing. But that isn't necessarily for there. And it's almost certainly not the time for a sermon. Um, they've had that and some. Uh, <laughs> review the praying process. Try and make your questions refer to God's work. So how is the Lord challenging or inspiring or comforting or encouraging you as opposed to how do you feel? I think it's better to, to try and, again, the, the, the two of us together are, are just constantly pointing to God. So what, what do you sense God is saying? How has you encountered what's, what's God doing here? Well, and how do you feel? I think it's a slightly better uh, question to phrase. Uh, where appropriate, encourage declarations of recovery of freedom in Christ, our identity in Christ, uh, and fresh intentions to walk in the opposite spirit. That's the fifth R. So, again, if it's been a, a, a sort of thing where I want to change or move on, then actually t- to encourage that. And, and again, just to get them, what, why, don't you say, why don't you say to the Lord what you, what you intend to do from Monday morning onwards? What's, what's on your heart? Give them a bit of time. You may need to sort of prompt them, give them one or two suggestions. But if they can pray it, then they own it. Uh, it's been their time that they can walk out in freedom from. Conclude in the time of prayer. Stay with the person until there's a general sense of peace. Or if there's a lot, if there's a lot going on, and only a few prayers or whatever, you, if you, you can see there's two or three people waiting, then if, if, it, if it feels appropriate, just say, Jill, just, gonna, just leave you here. Just you carry on waiting, that's fine. Wait on God. Brilliant. I'm just going to pop over to Bob over here. Is that all right? And just let them know. I, I think that's fine. Often people, they, they reach their own place with the Lord and they're just happy to, happy to stay there. So you can kind of leave them and that's fine. Um, so I'll leave you to, to sort of judge that and discern. Invite them back for more prayer at another time. Um, uh, read out and declare appropriate promises of God from the Bible. It might be good to, to sort of end the time, so if you want to sort of wrap the time up, as it were. Uh, but you could do that with a kind of declaratory prayer. Just Again, it's a, it's a kind of identity in Christ type thing. This is who they are. Lord, we seal the work that you've done by your Spirit in their hearts, in their minds. Uh, protect them through this week. Enable them to walk in the opposite spirit, wh- whatever it is. Um, help them to know that they are your child. You delight over them. I mean, just speak truth. Seal it in with truth. Um, remember the corporate context. Direct them back to the body. The, the, the enemy loves. It's like a, like a lion in the Serengeti. They see a whole herd of wildebeest. They won't go for the whole herd. They'll watch and see if there's one that's lame or one that's a bit slow or one that's on the edge. And they'll go for the... Lions aren't stupid. They'll go for the lame one. And that's the devil's described as a lion in the New Testament. He will look to pick off individuals. That's, it's one of the reasons why it's so key to be in the corporate context. Other people watching for you. Other people praying. So if they're not in a life group, encourage them to be uh, in a prayer triplet or whatever. Uh, and respect the dignity of the individual. Resist the temptation to manipulate or enforce an outcome. Just a little bit here, post-pregnancy, um, on confidentiality. And we, there's a lot more I could say here, and I probably ought to say, um, perhaps at a, a follow-up or another time, but I think increasingly, I was talking to Emmy, who was here two weeks ago, and increasingly this has kind of um, become infused in their uh, overall ministry and prayer and so on at HTB, they've had to be that much more wary, massive organisation, no idea who's, who's there and who's come up for prayer and so on, on sort of safeguarding and related issues. And uh, so you can just sit here. If 
an issue arises where you begin to feel the need for additional support and advice, it may be wise to say something like, before you say any more, we may need to talk to someone with a bit more experience in this area. Is that okay with you? Uh, I, I'm getting in this sort of age where there's a lot of sort of abuse, child abuse, that kind of stuff, um, that if there's a disclosure where you begin even just the slightest sense, oh, this feels like I'm, you know, it's above my pay grade, um, then come and see, I think, uh, whoever's leading, either Pat or I or Joe, um, I think in the first instance. And I, I think I'd say here, notwithstanding the spirit and wisdom and all that kind of thing, don't take a risk here. We, we are on, we're on very delicate ground if we start to tiptoe into, into sort of safeguarding issues and safeguarding things. Um, if the person concerned appears to be unhappy with that, you may need to say something like, I'm sorry, but I don't feel able to pray with you further about this situation on my own. I want to help and support you, but I may need to take this further with someone else. You may need to take this further with someone else yourself. Uh, and again, um, I mean, we had an individual, some of you will know recently, who was mentally uh, uh, not well at all, but also had had a lot of horrendous uh, abuse issues and we, we had to sort of clamp down quite tightly on who she could pray with and who she could seek for prayer um, for her own sake actually and out of a respect for her own vulnerability as much as to protect us um, so we've, you know, there's, there's, there are those kind of structures and things in place and uh, with sort of diocese and other supports we've got that we can refer to so please be wary there any Comments, feedback, questions? Oh, Rachel, no, thank you. Good, yeah. Uh, I'm conscious if you're in band members, yeah. And we are. Look, uh, bless you, Rachel. Um, we, yes, we'll do. We're going we're gonna, to, I'm on track for four. You're very good, Pat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I would love to offer prayer for anyone if they would like prayer. <laughs> and I do, Pippa. I'd love to pray for you, Pippa. Would you would you like to come and join me? So this is this is slightly artificial, and actually, what I'm going to do is turn this off.